0: You know, he alone is God, and he alone deserves all worship and praise. Let's ask that the name of the Lord shall be glorified, that Jesus shall be exalted and exalted and exalted beyond measure in everything that Jesus alone shall be exalted, and that Jesus alone shall be formed in our hearts, and Jesus alone shall be formed in our thoughts. That Jesus alone shall be the one that sees.
1: Be established in our praises. As your people declare your mighty one, so blessed be.
0: of days we give you all the glory we worship you and we magnify your name we are here for no one, no other person, no other reason for you alone have we come here father whatever this jar of clay shall speak that shall not be of you lord may he be kept silent whatever this jar of clay shall do that you have not sanctioned may it be cut short Lord, we are asking in the name of Jesus that in only that which you have apportioned for this meeting, that which you desire for your people to receive, that that is what you shall release. That is what shall be released in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we commit everything that shall be done here today. We ask that you take your place and that you be magnified. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. And the people of God said, and the people of God said, Amen. if you are glad to be in the house, don't your neighbor and say, I am glad. I am glad. Because today is, today is the day that the Lord has made. Lord has made. I will rejoice, I will rejoice. And, be and be glad in it. To follow all due protocol, I would like to, um, by the special grace of God, honor our Father in the Lord and ask that the name of the Lord be glorified in his life and that even as the lord has called him the lord shall continually grant him the strength to do the work that the lord has called him to do in jesus mighty name we have prayed and also i pray that each and every one of us here shall receive that which the lord has called for us to receive amen. and that it shall be the planting of the lord and not the planting of man in jesus mighty name we have prayed amen. amen i'm sorry i i i was hoping i wouldn't have to wear these but I think I'm reaching that age, so please forgive me. <laughs> uh, it was the last time I was leading worship, and I was trying to read my Bible. I found out um, something's changing. Okay, Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> By the special grace of God, um, today we'll be talking on recognizing God in his sovereignty. Recognizing God in his sovereignty. Just a small snippet on recognizing God in his sovereignty. Because, you know, when we talk about our sovereign God, we are talking just small words. There There is just no way. He is much bigger than our conception, much bigger than what we understand, much even bigger than what we know. He is mighty beyond measure. So I'm just going to be talking on the foundation of his sovereignty. And it might sound similar to some things that have been released here, but as Pastor decreed in Bible study, you can't just take one piece and think that that one piece covers the whole lot. It's, it all works hand in hand. It all works hand in hand. The foundation of sovereignty. Now, when you talk about the foundation of sovereignty, we're looking at those things that Help us to understand what makes God's sovereignty have its value. Not just in our sight, but in his own sight. You know, when God decrees a thing, he's not just decreeing that thing for a people. He's decreeing that thing for himself. When he called Abraham, he didn't just swear by anything. He swore by himself that he was going to bless Abraham. So that blessing on Abraham was not just for Abraham to recognize that he was going to be blessed. But he was telling Abraham, come, you are going to be blessed, and I am swearing by myself. In other words, I am bringing myself into this promise that no matter what, I will make sure that it comes to pass. So when God decrees a thing, when God establishes a thing, he's establishing that thing not just for the people, but for himself. Why? Because everything that is done is for his glory. It reveals his glory. So when God is shown in sovereignty, he's not just decreeing that thing um, because he's the one who is the supreme being, but he's decreeing that thing because he's sovereign. Amen. And when we think of sovereignty, I think the, the, the first person that comes to mind is Job. Job. In Job chapter 1, we see God having a meeting and then he starts bragging on a man. He brags on him. And then there is one who is called the contender. Said, the only reason do you think he serves you for no reason? It's because of what you do. And then from Job chapter 1, basically to chapter 40 or 39, we see the trials of Job. And then we see his friends coming to tell him that the reason why he's facing what he's is facing is because he's a sinner. After going through those ch- trying times, because Job had questioned the Lord, And questioned the Lord's faithfulness on him. Job chapter 40 verse 41. God challenged Job. For questioning him. And I want us to quickly go through Job chapter 40. Just from verse probably 1 to 7. Job chapter 40 verse 1 to 7. Now this is after Job had complained and said he... He was right before God and he had done everything right. Verse 1, he says this. Moreover, the Lord answered Job and said, Shall the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? Shall the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? Can anyone challenge the one who is Almighty? He who rebukes God, let him answer it. He who rebukes God, let him answer it. Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am vile. Immediately the Lord appeared and began to question Job. Job realized instantly that he had made an error. Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand over my mouth. In other words, I tell myself to shut up. Once I have spoken, but I will not answer. Yes, twice, but I will proceed no further. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Now prepare yourself like a man. In other words, be a man and stand up. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Would you indeed annul my judgment? Would you condemn me that you may be justified? Have you an arm like God? Or can you thunder with a voice like this, like his? Then adorn yourself with majesty and splendor. And then if you go through Job chapter 40, you see the Lord begin to speak into Job and ask him, do you understand what you were talking about? Do you understand the person that is standing before you? Do you understand the one who is before you and has allowed all these things to occur? If you do not understand it, then respect yourself. Amen. But in Job chapter 42, you see, let's see, and, and I'll admonish you, please, just go through Job chapter 40, verse, chapter 40 and chapter 41. See what God was asking him. See the things that he laid before Job. But in, in chapter 42, we we'll read from verse 1 to 6. It says, Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything. And that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You asked, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have uttered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Listen please and let me speak. You said, I will question you and you shall answer me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear. But now my eyes see you. There are some things that we hear that we don't understand. Because we have not seen the Lord. There is a need for seeing the Lord so you understand His sovereignty. It is one thing to hear by the hearing of your ear what people say about Him and His might, it is another thing to understand His sovereignty. His sovereignty is only understood by seeing and looking unto Him. It is when you see, oh man, when you see that you can attain what you see. It is a very painful thing to be spiritually blind. Because his spiritual blindness, attacks might come against, in fact, his spiritual blindness. You might not see how dead you are. I saw the Lord, holy, his strength filled the temple. And then I recognized, ah, I am a vile man. I am in the midst of a vile people. It is when you see him you recognize who you are. It is when you see him in his sovereignty, you recognize that you dare not question anything he allows. Let me let me wait. wait, Let me let you know something. How many Christians are here in the house? How many Christians? How many people are going through serious trials as Christians? How many people are facing mountains? Ah, Christianity is an invitation to warfare. And the the worst enemy you have is yourself. Turn to your neighbor and say yourself. Not the devil, not demons, but yourself. All the while Job was sacrificing. But he didn't know that he didn't recognize how sovereign God was. Everything God did was to lead Job to that point. Where you have heard of me. Now you are having an encounter with me. You have heard of what people said. But now you are coming to the place where I'm revealing myself to you. And it is until you get to that point that you see the error the of the things that you have done out of the things that you have heard. See, how I many people I know we are all like, uh, well, I wanted to say we are all like me. But I, I want to say I'm, I'm like you. <laughs> we are all the same. We hear some man of God say some very high-sounding things. And then all of a sudden we want to repeat it. Without understanding probably the revelation that the man had seen. You just want to repeat it. We hear by the hearing of the ear. But we ourselves have not encountered that thing. Elijah was living. His servant, Elisha, was following. I want a double portion of what you are carrying. Now, a double portion in the, in the old days, what that was, was that if you had two kids, and you probably wanted to give them their inheritance, you split that, whatever, that's your, whatever you had, into three parts. Give the younger just one, give the older two. In other words, the firstborn's blessing was the double portion. Why? Because the firstborn was going to have to take care of the whole family if anything ever went wrong. You understand what I'm saying? So the firstborn always had two times what every other person had. So that was what Elijah, Elijah was like, I want two times. I want the firstborn's blessing. I want, um, you, you understand? If you go to the scriptures, you see he, he had sons of the prophets. There were many sons of the prophet. And he was always encountering the sons of the prophet in different places. Right? And they're like, ah, the master is going. He said, shut up, I know. I'm following him. Elijah told him, this thing that you have asked for, this thing, this very thing that you have asked for is very difficult. However, if you see me, if you see you are going to get it. If you see me taking up, you are going to get it. It is those who saw our Christ risen up that got it. And then the man, Peter, who was shaking before a servant girl was standing strong in front of 3,000 people, decreeing the justice of the Lord. It is those who see. Those who see. You have heard with the hearing of your ear. But now we see you. High and lifted up. Even as those who looked up at the snake that was risen on the cross. They were the ones that were saved in the wilderness. It is those who see. That recognize the sovereignty of the Lord. What what we need is a desire. A burning desire. To have an encounter with the opening of the eye. The opening of the eye. But now my eyes see you. Therefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. It always takes a repentance for you to get the next encounter. It always takes a repentance for you to get the next encounter. It always takes a repentance for you to get the next encounter. We all think we know that we are in right standing, unless the Lord reveals a layer that has covered or blinded us. Pastor said this morning, through the scripture in 2 Corinthians, we, oh, yes, 1 Corinthians chapter thirteen, we see through a glass darkly, but with time and with each revelation, it gets the unveiling. It, it lifts up. It, with each revelation. With each encounter, the eyes, the dimming of the eyes are enlarged. The brightness of his glory, the brightness of his coming is released into our eyesight. That we might behold the Lord. That we might behold him. Everything points to him. Everything that we desire points to him. That his sovereignty might be encountered. Now, what is this sovereignty? As you can see, I'm about to start. The Webster's Dictionary defines sovereignty as one who is sovereign, one who is sovereign and who is supreme and has supreme authority over an area where he reigns. One who is sovereign that is supreme and has supreme authority Over the area where he reigns. In other words, sovereignty connotes reigning. In fact, you have the word reign in sovereignty. It connotes reigning. And reigning connotes a throne. Reigning connotes a throne. Psalm 89 verse 14 says this. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. In other words, when you think of his throne, you think of two pillars on which his throne sits on. You can also say that those two pillars are the two pillars on which his kingdom is built on. Because without the two pillars of his throne, that, 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 that kingdom cannot exist without the principles of those, of those pillars being established within the kingdom. So if his throne is built on righteousness and holiness then his kingdom is built on righteousness and holiness. Everything that he decrees, everything that he submits himself to is based on righteousness and holiness. And then his kingdom, his the people within his kingdom are submitted to righteousness and holiness. That's when 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 the when when the, when the people when when, the, when 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 the angels were sent to, to Sodom and Gomorrah, and and then Abraham was interceding on behalf of the people, and then he decreed a thing while, while they were about to go destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, "Will the judge of the earth not do right?" Why? Because that is his number one pillar. Righteousness. When he needed to bring us to him, he had to solve the righteousness problem. Righteousness demanded that the soul that sins must die. That is what righteousness demands. And the scriptures decree that all have sinned and cut short of the glory of God. In other words, all souls that have sinned must die to approach him in his sovereignty. Either by accepting the death of the righteous one, or must die. That is his righteous requirement, the righteous requirement of the law. His kingdom, his kingdom is built and surrounded by laws. One law sets you free from another. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. But then Romans chapter 6 verse 11 says this. "Reckon yourselves already dead to sin and alive unto God in righteousness. But that is only if you have received him in all things. Only if we are planted in him. For he alone is our hope. He alone is our faith. He alone is our righteousness. Permit me to go further. Permit me, permit me. I pray you in the name of Jesus. He didn't just come that we might have life. But he gave us the life giver. He didn't just come that we might be strengthened. He gave us the one who strengthens. You see, I say this, I've learned more. I don't know whether it's the same thing with the fathers in the house or with the parents in the house. I've learned more about God through those kids than I've learned more than I've learned in my entire lifetime. After taking care of the little one. And then he begins to for, get fussy. Ask him, what do you want? Do you want milk? No. Do you want his own his grapes? No. Then what do you want? And then he points at me. See, God knows that everything that we might ask for him, from him, whether it be anointing, whether those things don't satisfy so rather than giving us just those things, you know, in the Old Testament, that was what they got. They only got those things. He gave us Himself. See, He gave us Himself. Because only Him satisfies. Nothing you would ever get, not, nothing that is on our minds now that we are pursuing, would ever satisfy as much as He does. So what is your thirst? In his sovereignty, he recognized that my children cannot do without me. And so, even as Isaiah says, he went as a sheep before the slaughter. He willingly, joyfully said, this is going to be painful. I'm not happy going through this. But I'm seeing my brothers and my sisters. You know, that was the first thing he said when he saw Mary. Go tell my brothers that your father and my father has raised me from the dead. That was his joy. I no longer have, they no longer need to call me master. But I have brothers. I have sisters. Let's go to the book of John. The book of John. Five. then we'll just read from 22 to 27 the emphasis on 20 and 27 but for context we'll read from 20 to 27 for the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does and he will show him greater thanks, he will show him greater works than this that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. It is Jesus that will judge it and every one of us. That all should honor the Son, just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Most assuredly, I say to you, the high is coming and now is, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. And has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man. His righteous requirement is this. That it is only those who have tasted of flesh that will judge flesh. That is why Jesus is the one who will judge each and every one of us. But the interesting thing here is this. He that has the son has life because the son has life in himself. You get that? When we talk about eternal life, the desire of the Father is that we have the Son and that the the Son is fully formed in us. And that when we approach Him, His sovereignty requires that when we are approaching in righteousness, it is in the person of the Son. So that the life of the Son will be released in in that presence. You see, As we are standing here, as we are standing here, this is the same presence that is in heaven. It's the presence of God. If you think otherwise, then there is a big problem. When the Lord appeared before Moses, he said, this ground, because I am here, it is what? Holy ground. Wherever the Lord is, is holy ground. If the Lord dwells in you, you are holy ground. And wherever you go, be it your office, your schools, that is holy ground. In him, only if you are found in him. And only if he is found in you, two sides of the coin, your body being his temple, and then him being your temple, in him and he in us, then we recognize what it means to have eternal living life, a communion with the Father. You see, when we think of holiness, really, holiness is you being established in righteousness at all times. And what that is, is you being established in Christ at all times. You do not go into his presence saying, I have not sinned for the past two weeks, so I'm much more bold. I can decree to mountains now because I'm very holy. No. Any any boldness that we have in going to the presence of God that is outside of Christ and his blood is, is faulty. It is not based on what you have done or done what you have or, and have not done or have or have not done. But it is based on being in him. Moving before his presence in him. in him. Amen. I've been signaled. And this is where I am. So how do we approach the Lord? How do we approach the Lord? (laughs) What, What are some attributes of this sovereign one? The one who is sovereign has the unquestionable right to make laws. And the one who is sovereign has that same unquestionable right to change those laws if he desires. You, you see, when when Ezekiel, you see, the prophets, when, they, when the Bible calls them holy, they were holy for a reason. Those men, I respect them. You see, Ezekiel is standing before the Lord. And then the Lord asks him, say, uh, Master, look, look now, is, you know, we, we think we know. But see what his response is. Lord, you know. In other words, whatever you say will happen, will happen. We need to get to the point where we don't see ourselves as understanding anything when it comes to him. Permit me to say this, my brothers and sisters. He looks for empty vessels. He always looks for empty vessels. He looks for empty vessels. People who don't have a high opinion of themselves or who are not f- f- filled with themselves. Do you look at yourself and say, oh man, I'm just so awesome. <laughs> when I go there, I'm going, to, I'm going to lay down. But maybe to say this, if you're a Christian, the Lord will cut you down. <laughs> Because he looks for broken, he looks for empty vessels. He calls Moses, the man who thought he was going to rule. He had gotten so broken after 40 years. That when the Lord told him, come, you're going to set these people free. He said, it's not possible. I can't even talk. Though I was taught in Egypt, I I am nothing. He calls um, Isaiah. He says, "Ah, I'm I'm just... I'm in the midst of, I'm just so unholy. But yes, I will go, but I'm unholy. He looks for people who recognize their lack so that he can fill them with his worth. We all recognize our lack of salvation. That's why we are all here. Just think about it. If you recognize your lack in all other things, how much more he would feel each and every one of us. See, the Bible says that he's a good father. He wants to give us good things. But just as Jesus said, it is that man who recognizes that he's willing to lose his life that would find it. When you lose the desire for your own life. You'd find his life. But the man who would hold on to, man, I'm just too much. They are not going to tell me what to do. Ah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> when the Lord cuts, as I said, he's, your, you are your worst enemy. And the Lord recognizes that we are our lost enemy, our worst enemy. That's why the cross was made. Reckon yourself dead, it's not something you do. Anything that you do that you can have a chance to boast of is of the flesh, it's something he does so that he takes the glory. Amen. I'm sorry. I believe that the Lord has spoken. I'm not going to try and ask the Lord. No, ask the Lord. Ask the Lord. Lord, I need you.